Welcome to the Books, Beards, Booze podcast, where we talk books, drink booze, and have beards. Alright, as always, I'm Bob of Tells by Bob. I'm the Ask the Podcast, Derek. And a creative consultant, Tanya, still not with us, um, because we record all the week's episodes on the same day, and she couldn't be here on recording day, so you're stuck with classic lineup. Classic. Classic lineup. Don't you could confuse it with shittier lineup, um, and you'd be accurate. You'd be you'd, you'd be right, <laughs> but that's why we suggest Detling uh, Bourbon. Yeah, which is what we're sipping on. Which is what we're drinking because yeah. if you get drunk enough, you won't notice that yeah, we're I'm, shit. I'm getting a decent, decent little. It's, it's warming my chest. <laughs> the subcockles of your heart. Yeah, so we're we we're drinking through missing her. So, mm. so good vibes. I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. Attack ships on fire off the shoulder of Orion. I watched sea beams glitter in the dark near the Tannhauser Gate. All those moments will be lost in time, like tears in the rain. Time to die. That is a classic line by uh, Rutger Hauer playing Roy Batty, the cyborg that uh, Harrison Ford mercs in Blade Runner. Oh. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite lines in a movie ever. It's it's rare for me to cry over a movie that doesn't involve a dog dying. Um, and I, I didn't cry over this, but it's it's such a like it it it's an emotional line and ad libbed, more or less. Like he, uh, they gave him a line and he just like com- basically completely rewrote it and made it amazing. This is also you see a lot of references to the Tannhauser Gate. That's where that comes from. Yeah, it doesn't mean anything. There's no, there was no Tannhauser Gate in the script or anything like that. He just kind of came up with it. They think he may have been trying to reference uh, Wagner. Huh. Tannhauser is a character in a Wagner opera, I think, or something like that. But yeah, so but now you see that crop up in sci-fi all the time, like the Tannhauser so, Gate. So maybe we should tell them what this episode's about. Well, so why why did I quote? This my favorite line from one of my favorite movies of all time. Tell me, Bob. Uh, because this is our cyberpunk episode. I am so excited for this. Okay, so if you haven't read the short reads this month. I haven't. Um, there are two cyberpunk stories. Ooh. They're cyberpunk short stories. And go to our website, and you can find the links. They're free to read. Just go to the short reads tab. Look for June. There's two stories there. Click them. Read them. Um, and they're both cyberpunk. And but as I got to thinking about it, I was like, you know what? A lot of people probably don't know cyberpunk or know much about it. And I thought it might be good just to have a kind of informative episode, uh, kind of like about the history of cyberpunk. Just just talking cyberpunk, letting people know what they're getting into. So, to what is cyberpunk? I don't know. Okay. That was like I have a a rough shape of the genre in my head, but I don't know if it's entirely accurate or if I've added or subtracted elements okay. that aren't necessarily I will I will sum it up in one one line. Uh-huh. Cyberpunk is low life, high tech. Okay. Um so what do you think? When you think cyberpunk, what kind of comes to mind for you? The first thing is probably Shadowrun. Okay. Shadowrun is cyberpunk. Very much cyberpunk, but it's, it's Shadowrun, for those who know, is a role-playing system. It's kind of like D&D, but Shadowrun uh, mixes fantasy 
Mm-hmm. And there's magic, there's orcs, there's trolls. Oh, is there really? Yeah. Uh, Shadowrun, the cool thing that they did was basically... Uh, it's but it's it's very stereotypical cyberpunk. It's Man, at the I mega corp. And so in the storyline of Shadowrun, like in the year I, I forget, like we'll just say two thousand, there was all of a sudden there was this like wave of mutation that just all these kids were born uh-huh. and uh, dwarves and elves. And then like a couple years later, another wave of mutation hit and all these kids were born as orcs and trolls. That's super weird. And there's a dragon, there's magic. Like basically it's like, I think it was like when the Mayan calendar rolled over, like that, it started the fifth age or something like that and magic returned to the world. So it mixes uh, cyberpunk leanings with uh, magic. So you get street samurai with street shaman. So that's Shadowrun. So Shadowrun is, if you stripped all the magic out, Shadowrun is stereotypical cyberpunk. Okay. So. Well, my thing was just like, that's what I think of, or I think of the things I probably have the most familiarity with are probably the anime that come out of it. Okay. Yeah. And there, there, there are a ton. We'll talk about, we'll get, we'll get into that. So, all right. So what, what what is cyberpunk? A little more in depth, kind mm-hmm. of the elements. Um, so Lawrence Pearson, who's he? I don't know, but uh, he attempted to <laughs> define the content and ethos of the cyberpunk literary movement, stating, "Classic cyberpunk characters were marginalized, alienated loners who lived on the edge of society in generally dystopic futures, where daily life was impacted by rapid technological change." in a ubiquitous data sphere of computerized information and invasive modification of the human body. Um, that's a really complicated way of saying um, there's always some form of like internet. Uh, body modifications are common, and uh, it kind of focuses on low-life outsider types. Um, there's a few kind of common themes. Uh, one of the common themes is Japan. Uh, so William Gibson is kind of like one of the the main guys of cyberpunk. Uh, he was quoted, uh, he was asked about the influence of Japan on the genre. And his quote was, modern Japan simply was cyberpunk. Um, if you look at cyberpunk, the aesthetics of it all is based on uh, like the high tech areas of like Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Um, like all the neon lights and stuff like that, like the, the visual appearance setting of cyberpunk yeah. is these these really technologically advanced Advanced. cities yeah Yeah. Yeah. and at the time that was japan um so when ridley scott when he was doing blade runner um he said this the landscape of cyberpunk los angeles was uh hong kong on a very bad day that's what he was going for so um but yeah so like at the time like in when the 80s is when cyberpunk starts to come out and japan was just so cutting edge in a lot of ways and that's where they were drawing a lot of these influences from um the next kind of deal is uh the protagonists so a common theme here is that the protagonists are like manipulated into the story kind of deal like they very rarely are they tearing off to go be the hero. It's usually they are blackmailed or bribed or something manipulated in some way to be the protagonist of this story. Right. So you've read Neuromancer. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the biggest problems I had with the story was that the main character 
for the most part, was kind of just along for the ride. Yeah, because he was kind of forced, forced into, into this, and he didn't want to be there. Like they all, well, they they offered him what he really wanted. Yeah, and then and gave it was, to him. But after he it got him. it, he was he was kind of invested, but like it just he was never the driving force of the story ever. No, and it's because he didn't even get into the story on his own. You know, he was brought in, but that's common in cyberpunk. It's like there, no one's tearing off to be the hero. That ain't. That ain't well, these kind of stories. You know, my for thing is, part. you don't necessarily have to be the hero, but you have to have something that you're gunning towards. Yeah, and, and he, he he got what he, he got wanted. He wa- yeah, he got <laughs> what he wanted. Fucking yeah. immediately. Well, not immediately, but you know, right. pretty early on in the book. So, um, and so, it's common that even though they like they they tend to always see the mission through, kind of deal. It's pretty common that they, at the end of the story, they're not really any farther ahead than they were at the start. Yeah, like that's a common thing. Like they they're brought in, they do the thing, and it just kind of ends, you know. Um, but so there's a lot of antiheroes are common, like criminals, outcasts, dissenters, misfits, um, and so the the emphasis on the misfits is where you get the punk element of cyberpunk. Like mm-hmm. they the focus on like the low lifes and and whatnot. So, but, um, so cyberpunk writers tend to use the elements from hard-boiled detective fiction, mm-hmm. like film noir, and postmodernist prose to describe an often nihilistic underground side of an electronic society. So, it, well, I'll get more into it, but, like, a lot of cyberpunk is response to the sci-fi that was coming out. Right. And... A lot of the sci-fi that's coming out was very utopian, and they were like, "No, no, no, it, it ain't that." Um, another another trope of it is that there mo- much of the action takes place online, uh, which you could, in a way, is almost analogous to like dream stuff in other stories. But it it the action takes place online in a virtual setting, and that's that's pretty common. And you know, there's often like. Because of the technology, it's there's a physical implant a lot of times. It allows people to yeah, jack right. in to the... Which goes into the body modification. Exactly, exactly. And the last kind of trope of it are these giant multinational corporations. Like the idea that uh, corporations become more powerful than the governments and are governments unto themselves and have basically... Re- they've replaced governments as a center of political economic and military power like mm-hmm. these these corporations typically have their own militaries um and shit like that so that's kind of if you're if you're like what am i going to read with some cyberpunk that's probably what you're going to read you're going to probably read some guy gets manipulated by a megacore to go rob another megacore and shenanigans ensue to some degree or another um fairly fairly common Mm-hmm. Tropes. Um, so, where does it come from? Where, like, where do where do we where do we get this? So, the origins of cyberpunk come in the new wave science fiction movement. So, like, think of like your Asimovs and mm-hmm. your Bradburys and whatnot. Like, so much of what they were writing was like, you know, even like in the pulpy stuff. You know, it was like, oh, I'm going and exploring this alien planet, and I've encountered aliens. Ooh. Um. These guys were like, fuck that. <laughs> they were like, they wanted to focus on sex, drugs, and rock and roll, basically. Like, how is technology affecting us? 
how is like drug and free sex culture affecting us? So like a lot of these guys, like it's um, the new wave is in like the sixties and seventies. And these guys are coming out of that. So you got guys like William Gibson, uh, Harlan Ellison, Roger Zelazny, J.G. Ballard, Philip Jose Farmer. So they're all like looking at like the 60s and 70s, crazy time, man. You know, free sex, free love. And they're like, and drugs. And like, well, how does that affect us and our sci-fi? And that's what they wanted to write about. And uh, so they, they did. And that's where we start getting sci-fi. So I have I have this awesome quote. Well, that's where we get cyberpunk. Sci-fi. That's where yeah. That's where yeah. That's what my bad. Yeah. Okay. Just for clarity. So, um, this quote concerns Asimov, and like kind of showing the change that that came about. It's like, um, so the quote, and I'm going to surprise you with who the quote is by at the end because I want I want to see Derek's face, but. All right, so the novel The Gods Themselves is noteworthy for how it both shows that Asimov was indeed the same writer in the 70s that he had been in the 50s, and that he nonetheless had been affected by the new wave, even if he was never a part of it. His depiction of an, an alien menage a trois, complete with homoerotic scenes between the two males, marks an interesting departure from his earlier fiction, in which sex of any sort was conspicuously absent. Also, there is some minor experimentation with the structure. So... Kind of showing, like, Asimov, you know, like, it was... I have that book. Yeah. So, you know who, who that quote is by? Brandon Sanderson. Dr. Darren <laughs> Harris-Fane. Oh, hey! <laughs> who is Derek's professor in yeah, college. my favorite professor. Yeah. I was, like, I was doing research on this, and I was, like, just, they were, like, quote here, quote here, quote here. I was, like, wait a minute. Dr. Harris-Fane. Oh, hey. my God. So, I was, like, oh, I had to put that in here, even though it wasn't, like exactly essential to this thing i had to put it was, that in no there. it was it was absolutely essential that's awesome yeah so i was like oh neat uh dr harris fain taught uh a bunch of stuff about like he did the class on the watchman right yeah he did a he taught a class that i took on uh graphic novels which had uh watchman in it yeah oh uh, and he, mouse too right and mouse uh that was a fascinating class and then he also taught a class on um contemporary american novels and I, I took a, basically he was the professor that I was working night shifts. And if he had a class that would screw up my schedule, I would still take that class yeah. because then I would just get up and have to be tired for work because I wanted to take his class. Yeah. And I met the guy. He's a cool, cool dude. Um, so where do we get the name? So there's a short story written by Bruce Bethke named Cyberpunk came out in 1983 mm-hmm. and it was published in Amazing Stories. And so Gardner Doge, Doge, I don't know how to say his last name, but he's he's an editor. And like, if you ever see a anthology edited by him, jump on it. Him and George R. R. Martin have done a bunch of editing together. Any of those books, jump on them. They're great. But anyway, so Beth Key said he made up a, two lists of words. One list was technology, and one was for troublemakers. And he just sat there and combined that was the best them. One. Yeah, and combined them until he got one he was happy with. And like, so then. Uh, Gardner Dojoy, who was the uh, editor of Isaac Asimov's science fiction magazine, he would u- he started using that word in his editorials, and the word just kind of stuck. stuck. Yeah. yeah. So that's the history of cyberpunk. That's what cyberpunk is. Um, so let's talk a little bit about like if you want to consume some cyberpunk. So cyberpunk starts out very much as a literary um, enterprise, but it very quickly goes beyond 
the literature. Mm-hmm. But so the best book examples of it, um, Neuromancer, which Derek which I and I have read, read mm-hmm. uh, came out in 84. It has two sequels, Count Zero and Mona Lisa Overdrive, which I just love the title of. <laughs> um, and uh, there are three standalone novels that share characters kind of deal. Yeah. Um, but they're, they are functionally standalone stories. Uh, so this next book was written by Philip K. Dick in 1968. So it precedes cyberpunk, but it, it's kind of considered Has a lot like of the, the elements. It's considered proto. like the grandfather of cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. But it's do androids dream of electric sheep, which is what becomes Blade Runner. Really? Yeah. That's that. That's Blade Runner is do androids dream of electric sheep. Okay. Almost... A, ma- a major plot of the uh, book that got removed from the movie is there's a whole a lot more focus on the ecological harm that we've done to the planet, mm-hmm. and there's this culture of like owning a real live animal is a prestige thing because we've killed off so, so many, many animals. animals. So Decker, the the bounty hunter, he owns an electric sheep. He can't afford a real, real sheep, sheep. Yeah. so he has a an electric one. And that's kind of where the title comes from. Huh. Um, the So I would say that like the... The core of cyberpunk kind of ends in the early '90s, like it's mostly an '80s phenomena, like for the from the book side of things. Mm-hmm. And I would say it kind of ends with Snow Crash by Neil Stevenson, um, which is kind of viewed as satire of cyberpunk. So it's gotten to the point where like cyberpunk is established enough that it's has getting, detractors. It's get, yeah, it's getting it's getting satirized. It cyberpunk has always had some detractors. Like uh, basically, if if you read any cyberpunk from like the 80s it's white dudes and that's it like not i'm not talking about the authors which the authors were pretty much all white dudes but like there's very little in the way of women outside of like molly the street samurai you know like it's so there are detractors like well it was really just white guys writing about white guys and if you think how varied and bizarre cyberpunk culture is you think that there would be more representation so that that has been a critique i think the cyberpunk that we're seeing now has eliminated that like one of the stories that we're reading it brings in some of the what i think are logical conclusions of what a cyberpunk cyberpunk sexual culture would be like um you're really selling me on these short stories, Bob. Yeah, no, it, it it's weird, but um, no, but so like, um, there there have always been some detractors, uh, and also like it's kind of like it's so just it. Anytime you have a a genre that's a reaction to another genre, basically people are gonna people are gonna hate. Yeah. You know. Well, my thing is is like I have problems with cyberpunk, but I'm also still there are aspects of it that I find very interesting, but there's also aspects about it that I think kind of ruin it for me. So I'm curious as to what it would be like if yeah. I were to Well, for me, those. if you think about a megacore, is really just a noble house under a different oh. paint scheme. Oh, trust me. So that's, that, that's kind of where I come. That's where a lot of my love of it comes. Um, so, so Neil Crash, Neil Stevenson. Neil Stevenson, a lot of his books, he he's like a kind of a futurist writer at times. So like, there are people that think he may have created Bitcoin. Um, if he did not create Bitcoin, he definitely was writing about Bitcoin-like stuff before Bitcoin was Bitcoin. Um, so he's 
a very ahead of his time kind of yeah. author. Um, but then, so Transmetropolitan is an amazing graphic novel series. Uh, love it. Brandon Baxter Ryan and me have both read it in its entirety. It's basically Hunter S. Thompson in a cyberpunk setting. It's great. Yeah. And then, not a, not a Hunter S. Thompson fan. Uh, just like the Gonzo reporter, like he, this, the main character is a reporter, hmm. this like very freelance reporter, like speaking truth to power kind of guy in a cyberpunk setting. That um, seems like that gets you dead. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it very much would. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, and so then, uh, when we're talking about the best book examples, I mean, how can we not talk about Ready Player One? I'm so. You say that, but you fu- like okay. So so Ready I'm, Player One is loosely considered cyberpunk. I think it it fits the theme. If it does it doesn't it the the it, the tone is what doesn't fit, but it structurally it is fundamental. It's a cyberpunk setting, but the tone is a little more. Optimistic, almost, yeah, optimistic than your typical cyberpunk. Which I see. That's my thing. Is I'm okay with that. Yeah, no, cyberpunk is like real grim, r- real grim. And that's for the not. Most part. That's yeah. not. That's not my jam. Uh, but no, see, I knew this episode was coming. So, I, and I also something I was going to bring up later that I'll go ahead and mention yeah. now is like I'm super interested in cyberpunk right now. Like I'm, I'm kind of. Path, like I'm not feeling the fantasy right now. Yeah. I'm going in. On well, you've the been sci-fi. wanting to do sci-fi, yeah. So, so like I'm going in. So I've been doing some looking around, trying to figure out what what I'm going to read after what I'm reading currently. Yeah. And I f- was like, oh, best cyberpunk books and fucking Red- Ready, Ready Player, Player One. And I just rage shut out the window yeah. and don't remember anything else on the list yeah. anymore because I had. Well, that. so obviously you've already read Neuromancer, which mm-hmm. is kind of. It's the quintessential. Yeah. Um, but check out uh, Altered Carbon. Yeah, um, I started watching the show, and I imagine well, the show... Well, so the show the, is uh, different. A lot different, yeah. Yeah. But the the show is that, like... In, in that whole, like, that world, basically you can upload your consciousness and download it into different bodies. Yeah. And so that's kind of the it was, theme behind it. I, had I never finished it, but it was really fun. I, yeah. I enjoyed what I watched of it. Um, that actually, Ultra Carbon was on my best examples of oh. like media representations. Okay. Um, so Blade Runner, obviously. I need to watch that again because I yeah. watched. Well, I need to see the new one, Blade Runner twenty forty seven. I need to watch that. Um, uh, the Matrix films. Yep. Or Cyberpunk, Total Recall. Uh, I think Schwarze- I've seen Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Chick with three boobs. No, I haven't seen it. Okay. Well, that's that's all you need to know. Yeah, I know. Uh, I knew those both those two things, but um, I haven't seen it. Judge Dredd. Seen it, uh, and I guess the they made a sequel or something. They, they made a new Dread, yeah. but I haven't seen that it's one. I started Dread. watching. I haven't it. seen it either. I started watching it, and I thought in the first like five minutes it looked awful, but then everyone else is like, "It's amazing!" I'm like, okay, yeah. well, clearly I missed something, <laughs> yeah. and I I was rather intoxicated. Yeah. So. Well, so one thing that like Judge Dread has that's com like so the I'm kind of into the Judge Dread. Yeah. Well, so the three the three uh, Gibson books, Neuromancer, Count Zero, and Mona Lisa Overdrive. That's what's known as his Sprawl trilogy. Right. So the Sprawl is basically, and this is kind of becoming a real thing. The Sprawl is the Baltimore Atlanta mega plex, yeah, something like that. The mega Authority, I think, is yeah. the acronym is Bama, um, but it's basically from Baltimore to Atlanta. No, it's the Baltimore. 
uh, Atlanta metropolitan area. Yeah, there it is, yeah. Um, is one massive city at right. this point. But if you look, I mean, like, just look up the, like, there is basically a mega city forming now, like, in the middle of the East Coast, like, just as these major cities are growing closer and closer together. Like, it, it's forming. It, it's coming, probably. If, you know, some bitch in tidal wave don't destroy us about the ocean. Um, but, uh, no, so... Uh, Judge Dredd has that the Megaplex kind of deal. Um, so some other really good. Oh, do they have Judge Dredd books? Yeah. Oh, it's a comic book. You know, I know it was a comic book, but I didn't know if it was a book. Oh, novels. Book. Yeah. I don't know. I know it's ton a fuck ton of uh, comics. Uh, I read the wiki. I've on never a lot read of a Judge Dredd comic. I mean, I've it not gets, seen. It, it takes some twists and turns from what I've read. Yeah. Um. But then Altering Carbon, which mm-hmm. we mentioned, uh, and Love Death Robots has some Seems good episodes. A little bit, but um, it's got some good episodes. I recommend the Zima Blue episode. Is that the one I watched? Is that the one about the pool tiles? No, no. Then I watched uh, the one about the three. The robots. three robots. Yeah, yeah, that was great. Yeah. Um, all right. So some other really good examples: Shadowrun, which we talked about. Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven is coming out. Everyone is super hyped for that. Did you see the trailer? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, my God. Everyone's super hyped. Me and Ryan uh, routinely just sit on the internet and just slowly fap to thoughts of that book. Um, and then Deus Ex, which is a yeah. which is a series, super cyberpunk series. And it's out there. Go check it out. I want to be included on these c- cyberpunk conversations, Bob. Well, so here, so why am I on a big cyberpunk kick? Because um, you have been for years Because I have been for years. And part of that, though, is I developed a cyberpunk alternate history setting. And me and Brandon Bastard Ryan are working on it. We're writing short stories. I've written two. Uh, he's written one. Uh, he, he's written one that has gotten away from him. <laughs> uh, it started. Ain't that how that you, happens? You read, you read uh-huh. the one. All right. So he, he took that. And finessed it, mm-hmm. and it was, like, it was already really good. He took it and finessed it. It's like, oh wow, man, this is, the, yeah, fuck yeah. And then he just kept Finessing. adding to it. Oh no, that's, no, yeah. he like kept adding I'm, to I'm it. And, there it for like, this. and it was like he was like, ah, oh, just don't. He was messing me the other day. He's like, man, I just don't know. Like, I don't really know where I'm going with the story at this point. And I was like, I think because what you've done is you have added to this to a point that you really have two stories like break that first part off that was just a standalone story leave it a standalone story and, and all start this a novel other, from that all other this part. other stuff that you're coming up with like that's a separate idea like do they're they're great ideas but you're kind of shoehorning them together like make them two separate ideas i think you're going to be in good shape so he's working on that um so kind of inter not to just like sell our idea out there to the world. But uh, the fun thing that we're playing around with is um, basically the idea that, so it's called the twin sons setting. It's basically the British empire more or less stays intact. And the empire of Japan forms as it was setting out to do in world war two. And they become rivals. So instead of like a Russia, U.S. Cold War, it's Japan, Britain. Well, because... So we got to thinking about it. Because this is not the order in which the ideas came, but how the ideas now have formed. Because they're both islands, they're both a lot more sensitive to global warming. And so this is a cyberpunk setting that has really taken 
uh, saving the environment to heart, but at the expense of people. So it's still this like dystopic place for people, but the environment's great though. But they're, yeah, they're, well, or they're better. Yeah. It's better. I mean, yeah, you can't you can't stop the glo- the climate change. You can only yeah. Slow so it down it, a bit. it there. So you get weird dynamics at play with with that kind of deal. So. Um, we're having we're having fun with it. Hopefully, uh, hopefully this time next year we'll have enough that we can start getting it edited and throw out there for the world to consume. Um, but yeah, Derek, have any questions? I have uh, a lot of questions. Yeah. First of all, and this is the one that I originally jumped to, and I was thinking about. It, I was like, "Is the Fifth Element cyberpunk?" Yes. It well, okay. It's considered cyberpunk, but here's where I. I I don't think it, the whole movie is cyberpunk. The movie up until he leaves the planet, planet is, is cyberpunk. cyberpunk. Once he yeah. leaves the planet, it quits being cyberpunk at that point. I don't think it is. I think it's more space opera. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can I can see I can which, see I can see the argument. It's space opera in a cyberpunk setting. The Earth is super cyberpunk. They just don't stay there very long. They don't stay there very long, yeah. and they go out and about, and it's definitely more like because cyberpunk is very rarely about saving the world. You know, or saving any world, or mm-hmm. saving much of anything. It's more about let's make some money and not die in the process. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, it, that cyber- was just something that I was yeah curious, no because kinda... it it did crop up. I, that's why I actually didn't put it on the list because it does crop up on lists of cyberpunk movies. But I just don't view the whole. There's thing. There's no body modification. Uh, or at no, least not not really. No, yeah, uh-uh. just. Uh... I mean, that one guy has that. The bad guy has that, yeah like, exactly thing on his head, but mm-hmm. yeah, like. Um. Yeah. No. It's you know. Do you know how it took me a stupid, like I was a I, I'd seen that movie like probably like eight times. This is my secret shame that I'm now announcing to the world. You know when the guy tries to rob him. Yeah. He's wearing that stupid hat. It took me watching that movie like eight times to realize that the top of that hat was painted to look like the wall, so he wouldn't show up on the camera. Yeah, my secret shame. Yeah, Derek's looking at me like I'm an idiot because I am. I don't even. We're yeah. I oh yeah. Okay yeah. That's so right. let's just move. Yeah, move it on. N- another question. Yeah, and this is something that I heard that was considered cyberpunk that I'm not sure I agree with either, but I think it's a discussion to have. Okay, Cowboy Bebop. Okay, it does crop up on the list. Um, because a lot of the city, it's got. So here's why. All right, so it's. The thing about most cyberpunk is it definitely takes place like on Earth, yeah, in the near future for the most part, kind of deal. I feel like Cowboy Bebop is if you took cyberpunk to its logical conclusion in the future, right? Like it, it's got the the detective noir feel of it. Tonally, it's very kind of cyberpunk. It's very mercenary, um, but yeah, but it is in that space opera y kind of setting. Yeah, I would. So of the two, I would say Cowboy Bebop is more cyberpunk than would, Fifth Element. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, just that the the it, it does have space opera elements to it. So yeah, that was just one that I had never really considered. Then I saw it on the list. And yeah. I was like, oh, Shit, we didn't, didn't okay. really talk about anime, that's, but yeah. uh, Cowboy Cowboy uh, not Cowboy Bebop uh, Ghost in the Shell. Well, that's is, so that's that's yeah. what I had to okay. to discuss, which was basically. The the fact that the large majority of my experience with cyberpunk comes from anime, and that's mostly Akira. Yeah, 
and Ghost in the Shell. Which Akira, very cyberpunk, and Ghost in the Shell is the most cyberpunk. It is. Uh, like, I, it's the most cyberpunk thing of all the things. Yeah, I think, I honestly think, like, when I think cyberpunk, I think Ghost in the Shell. Yeah. I, that's what I was going to say earlier. Is like, I don't think, like, I think Shadowrun only because I'm actively talking to you and you're pretty much the only person that I've ever talked to about Shadowrun. Yeah. But it sounds super fucking awesome. If the system was easier, um, it's a point-by system. And point-by systems, while great, are just so complicated for new people. And I would have to be DMing a system I've never run before. <laughs> it'd be it'd be. Real I can complex. neither confirm nor deny I've been reading about it because i've got i've got the like fifth edition rule book at my house right now i'm gonna need that okay that's what i should run yeah yeah anyways but because we've got a group of people that can handle it yeah probably yeah well i know i know rachel's not real big on anything outside of D, but we can make it happen we can make it happen (sighs) oh chris would be down yeah so um but akira right the the biggest anime of all time pretty much well See, I, I, probably not like dollar wise at this point probably the most influential though. there we go uh it's came out in 1988 i think it was and like i'm gonna go ahead and just say this yeah because so if anybody has seen if you haven't seen akira and you're interested in cyberpunk you're fucking up watch fucking akira yeah like it's what watch watch the ghost in the shell movie and, and it, then for something more enjoyable, watch Standalone Complex, the the, the show. Um, Ghost in the Shell, the movie is great. The theme, like it's my favorite anime movie of all time. But it can be a bit. I can see why people wouldn't necessarily enjoy it as much. But I the sh- show, the show is just fucking fun and great and awesome. Yeah, I haven't gone too deep into. Anyways, but yeah. but Akira, um, I'm gonna have to get out notes that yeah. I actually kind of forgot. To so pull Akira, up. I. Uh, I'm led to believe that his hips don't lie. That is not accurate, Bob. How dare you? He has very dishonest hips. How dare you, sir? I, that may be Shakira. Yeah, know. you might have <laughs> might have gotten that slightly inaccurate. Okay, but basically, if you have not seen, if you've seen Akira, you know. Yeah. If you haven't seen Akira, watch Akira, and when you're done. Highly suggest watching. Go to YouTube and look up The Impact of Akira, the film that changed everything. It's by a YouTuber named Super Eyepatch Wolf. It's awesome. Because uh, it breaks down like the history of... Because Akira, didn't Akira, like, it was like the new style of anime kind of deal? Like, it wasn't of- even the new style. It was It was coming out of the 80s, which was a golden era of anime, specifically because... At that point, they anime, were all under twenty six episodes. Anime had not become anime yet. Okay, like nowadays, anime has tropes and themes and things that people expect from it. Back then, it was a genre that did not. It was just like we do animated things, and during an, a boom in financing, or like where they had just more money to funnel into it in Japan because of the economic boom. Yeah, they were just like, "Fuck it, let's let's just do this." And at this point, this is all explained in the video much better than I'm going to do it right now. They they had people that had like 20 and 30 years of anime experience because anime itself had started in the 60s in Japan yeah. that were coming about at the same time as the people that were getting out of school for animation oh. that had been inspired by the works that they had started. So they had people that were 
seasoned as hell veterans and people that were coming in with new ideas and the latest technology and all and it just came together. together and since there was still no there was no cat girls being a thing in anime basically <laughs> there's there was no things to pander to at this point yeah because they didn't know what was going to define yeah, the I'll, genre. I'll definitely say akira akira ain't pandering to shit no <laughs> and so like to the point where they threw so much money into that movie and like it has higher, I, what is it? It's not act, basically frames per second. Yeah, like um, frame rate. Yeah, basically they put more picture. Like the, it's so incredibly, insanely detailed that it like it has it's higher production quality than Disney was doing at the time. Oh damn! And shit like that, so that yeah. it's liquid smooth and it's why it holds up to this day. But it's a fascinating watch. I would highly, highly su- okay. suggest it because it just lays out the whole history of like how it changed things, and the dis- it's fantastic. Yeah. But on the point of the actual story, that was probably the f- first thing that I watched that I knew was cyberpunk. Yeah, and like the whole like bike culture, like Japanese motorcycle culture that has definitely become a part of cyberpunk yeah uh, it's not like in every story but it's it's a comp like somewhat common like, trope now. Gen- genuinely you say cyberpunk to me in my head i see the poster for akira that's what yeah. i see yeah it's because uh by the way um Kaneda's bike is like the coolest Badass. thing ever <laughs> Badass. yeah Got any, uh, got any other questions for me? Because um, I'm clearly the cyberpunk expert of you all are, experts. Because, well, <laughs> compared I've to actually, me, I've, I I've actually know. read so, some here's, of it. Here's, here's another question that I had. Yeah. Is there anything about cyberpunk you don't like? Um, I'll be honest, like, and pro- to a degree, the same thing that you don't like, just how nihilistic it is. I hate um, it. Because if you think about it, like, I hate, I don't hate, but I don't like the first Mistborn trilogy because of how bleak it is. Yeah. Um, but I'll say this, uh, I mostly read short stories, so it doesn't get to it you. doesn't get to me. Like right. that's the thing. Like Mistborn, it just it was so bleak for so long. Like I was just sunk into this world for so long. And the other thing is, like it's a bleak. I guess part of the difference is like a dystopia. I can deal with because life is cyclical. The dystopia will eventually go away. Something will come along to, to make things better. To make things better. So even if the individual stories are hopeless, better days are coming. Mm-hmm. Mistborn, there weren't. There well. weren't. Well, because well, you do get Mistborn trilogy two, but yeah, um, or series two. But fundamentally, life sucks. Yeah. Everything sucks. Yeah. There is no improvement. So that's kind of what I, that's. But or, that that would be the main thing. I just don't like. Cause see, here's the thing that I, I the. The idea and aesthetic of this low, uh, like low life, life high life tech, sick. fascinating. Yeah. But my thing, the only problem I have with it is that I don't think that the low life, high tech, absolutely has to lend itself to people that have no driving force. Okay. Yeah, I see what you're saying. And that's the thing that bothers me the most. So I'm trying. I want to. F- you if, you if want I can't to you want it, to I'm read cyber write it. You want to find cyberpunk where someone has where- a goal. Okay, that's pretty much it. Like, yeah. if someone has something that they're shooting for, even if well, so like the, I wrote down as we were discussing, it was like cyberpunk. It's got a lot about low life and stuff like that. Well, yeah. people still want things. The rise of a criminal enterprise in the underworld would be something that I would look mean. look look at that altered carbon because mm-hmm. my I think what that is he is a detective. 
I think yeah. it's it, like a, a detective mystery series. Mm-hmm. It's like Nakashi Kovac is the detective yeah. or whatever. That might, well, might I know they suit, changed maybe. it for the video, but the, the show was pretty cool. Yeah. Like, I, I'm going to be honest. Up until it got to one point where something happened, and I remember it threw me, and I was like, ah, this is kind of not, yeah. this is weird Not your now. wheelhouse. Yeah. Well, no, it wasn't that. It was just like... I don't really like the direction this took. Okay. Like, you know, you've yeah, had yeah. books where it oh, just yeah. takes oh, direction. You're oh, like, yeah, ah, like, ah I'm, not, I'm not, but up until that point, I was like, I love everything about this. There was living hotels. Yeah. And like that, as soon as you sign in, they're like, you now live here. We're going to protect you. And giant guns will come out of the ceiling and shoot anybody that's trying to yeah. fuck with you. Kind of thing. Like, yeah, it's just well, fucking Derek, awesome. Right. A cyberpunk short story and with me and Ryan. Well, that's what I was. That's do why it. I said include me in the yeah, fucking thing. Yeah, do it. Right, I'm story super with us. into it right now, especially since it's your world f- seems less nihilistic. I could probably fit it, in something our, where our, people. The have. world is like I would say it's somewhat less dystopic to a degree. Like we're not really focusing on the dystopia yeah. so much, which um, is what I want. But it it's very much a class divide, like. The there you know there's very like the one yeah. percent is very like the gap between the one that's one of the, the most that's one of the more interesting things to look broader. at broader yeah um and so yeah no yeah we'll, oh yeah we'll do this we'll do this yeah because I'm, yeah. I'm super into this right now yeah way more than any fantasy I'll, thing when, right when, now it's, I don't want to tell my stories on air right. but I'll tell you my new idea mm-hmm. that I have that I'm going to start writing here soon okay. Mm. Yeah, you got any more questions before we wrap this puppy up? Man, I got just... Mostly it was just things like that, because I love the aesthetic. I like the idea. Like, I've read a couple books that I would say um, United States of Japan, Yeah, I think, is cyberpunk. It A lot of cyberpunk does have mechs. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Was that, it has uh, mechs was it in Tokyo, that. Tokyo Police? What, what was that series? Tokyo Tank Police? Mega Tank Police. Somebody, I know. I know I watch, what you're talking about. But I, I can't watched that the, series. Yeah, and it was cyberpunk. But yeah, yeah. There's a lot of cyberpunk in anime. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff. I need to still watch Serial Experiment Lane. Like I still haven't seen that. Yeah. I need to see that. I need to watch all of Ghost in the Shell. I've never seen it. Uh, ever. Uh, I've seen the movie, and I've seen. I've most, seen the movie. I've seen most of Standalone Complex. I've but seen I've never like the seen first all three of it. episodes of yeah. it. It's good stuff. I know it's. Fan Chris and Ohio Chris is both of their favorite anime yeah. ever. So yeah, I like, think it might. If I once I finish it, I think it'll be my favorite. Yeah. Um, and we started yeah. one uh, one of those anime we started watching back when we had the comic book club. Yeah. Uh, Psychopaths. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never. Yeah, yeah never that's, that's that one yet. that always comes up when I mention cyberpunk on, or I'm looking up cyberpunk, but I haven't I haven't watched it, so I don't yeah. know. But yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I think we'll kind of wrap up there, and I feel like I feel like there's enough meat on this bone that in the future, especially once you've written some, yeah. me, you, Brandon, Ambassador Ryan, we'll get together and we'll do an episode, and we'll where we, read more of yeah. it when I've read more of it because that's yeah. kind of well. That's the thing I need to read more as well. Like I've read Neuromancer, I've read Burning Chrome, I've read short stories and stuff like that. Because like we also have not touched on any of the stuff that comes out of cyberpunk, steampunk, biopunk, dieselpunk, all the punks. Come originate out of Cyberpunk. Can we talk very briefly? Yeah. And we'll we'll yeah, 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 yeah. Right I was on fucking Audible looking for Cyberpunk books. They don't have a Cyberpunk sub subgroup. Yeah, but you know what they do have? Steampunk. Really? Yeah. I was like, the fuck is this shit? Well, I'll say this: there's probably a lot so more steampunk. Bought. There's a lot more steampunk getting written right now. I bet you. Steampunk also has an aesthetic I like, but just yes. mentally the images. 
I no, see in my head is, for like, and like we ne- we ne- we haven't even touched my on, love of Japan. we haven't touched on music at all like cyberpunk music. Oh, by the there. way, the fucking music in Akira. Yeah. Oh my god. So there's a lot of meat left on this bone. We'll do another episode. This one's kind of run a little longer than we normally do, but um, we need I mean, to, it's, it's we meaty, need to do it's a, meaty, a, it's a meaty topic. We need to do like a Patreon exclusive Akira discussion after we've rewatched the movie. You know, so quick shout out to Terrible Book Club, real quick. Terrible Book Club on their Patreon, mm-hmm. what they do is Mystery Science Theater 3000. Yeah, but I wouldn't want to do of, that because I would want to have a legit conversation about like how fucking gorgeous that movie is. Yeah. No, we could do that. Yeah. Put You remember that. You remind yeah. me. Me and you will watch Akira together and we'll, we'll have a discussion. I wonder if uh, Tanya's it. seen yeah. it. No, I doubt she's seen it, but she'd I'm be down to watch it. I have not seen it. I don't think she's much for the animes. But she's seen some of the animes and this is yeah. like a rite of passage for anime, for an anime fan. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. We'll find out. Okay. We'll, we'll find do, out. Put a pin in this, yeah. listeners, because this was very interesting, and I would like to revisit it. Yeah, we'd love, it. like, send us questions about cyberpunk stuff, and we'll try and answer them for you. Or just send us... Just or send if us you anything. know more about this shit yeah. than we do. Give us a good cyberpunk is, recommendation, yeah. especially stuff that's coming out now. Yeah, like I've been looking at... cyberpunk, mm-hmm. like, that's what I'm... Because like I'm trying to get into the sci-fi field of current writing right now to begin with. Yeah, and I've got the I bought that Mary Robinette Kowal yeah, book. Yeah, yeah, I bought uh, this other book that I can't tell you the uh-huh. name of right now because good, I, good, for reason good. it's it's on buy or sell. Oh, okay, the next oh, time gotcha, I do it, gotcha, so gotcha, gotcha. I can't remember. All right, but uh, yeah, cool. Yeah, no, there's the, I, I'll I'll start trying to gear more towards reading some sci-fi as well um, going forward for a little while anyways because yeah. i'm feeling it i'm feeling yeah. it I'll, I'll i'll steer into your curve yeah so all right well in the coming week um remember to send good vibes to creative consultant tanya and may the blessing of the beard be upon you thanks for listening to this episode of books beards booze our co-hosts are bob Derek, and tanya our producer is bob for more information visit our website booksbeardsbooze.com Follow our social media at Tales by Bob. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe, and share. Okay, bye.